if you're looking to an apartment, start finding apartments that offer tax credit and they have some form of discounts for it. So I'm paying $16.65 for a one bedroom with large three bay windows facing the belt line, seeing everyone walk their dog and kids while my neighbor's paying $1,100. Wait, what? Because of tax credit. Anyone can get in on it. Wait, explain this. Explain this. <laughs> How? I'm not, what? I'm not a realtor, but. I've learned this um, over time because I'm learning that other people who move it in. So if it's certain areas are developing, um, they have this tax credit program, like with one in Atlanta, they have one with the Beltline where they need a certain amount of people to move in that area. So they would like, you know, compensate you for moving in. So your rent would be more discounted on top of moving specials. And then um, a lot of apartments, I would say by law, but a lot of apartments, they have to have, you know, based on income units, they have to have the, the tax type of credit units and, some other type of units, and they have their rest of their units. While every unit is not going to be the same price. Like, I knew people who were paying $900 for a two-bedroom. How? How? Welcome to the Wealthy Woman Podcast, a.k.a. your holistic guide to being a wealthy woman. I'm your host, Donnie, and on this show, I talk to the dopest women experts, entrepreneurs, influencers, corporate baddies, and occasional wildcard guests while they share their wisdom from the experiences that brought them to where they are today. So let's upgrade our lives together. But more importantly, let's get wealthy. On today's episode, I'm speaking with my girl, Kirsten Harris. You might know her as the face of a rideshare app called Her Ride. But recently, she went viral for sharing her experience of being put out of her apartment and getting quote-unquote evicted after being laid off and out of work for six months. Her vulnerability on TikTok sparked a lot of conversation around what to do if you're in the situation as well as if she's responsible or not. And just a lot of people projecting their own feelings and opinions about people in her situation. And I wanted to have her on the show so she could talk more about this, why she shared it, what her experience has been like, as well as why so many people are in the same exact situation right now due to the state of the economy and what she's been doing since she shared this information on TikTok. I think if you're in a similar situation or you know somebody in a similar situation, you are going to find this conversation so relatable, but also she shares a lot of good information on what to do if you're in that same spot, but also if you're just nosy and you want to know what the tea is or you like conversations like this around economics, definitely get into this episode because I think you're going to enjoy it. Now, without further ado, let's get into the episode. All right, so we've been like internet friends for a while, but this is like the first conversation we're having face to face. So this is cool. Um, I know that we've we've like tried meeting several times already. Um, mm -hmm. That's my bad though. So <laughs> but I'm excited to get to chat with you today. So thank you for being on the show. Thank you for having me. Of course. So okay, so recently I know we had we had gone back and forth for a minute about like you being on the show, and. I had like so many recordings like scheduled and so I was like okay I'm gonna get to it I'm gonna get to it I'm gonna get to it and then I saw that you posted this video and I was like I need to quit playing and have you on the show <laughs> so <laughs> no so you posted this video on TikTok and it went viral and I had seen it like right before it started picking up traction and I was like oh, this is about to go viral, viral. Like I, like I could tell, because it's relatable, relatable content. And um, one, I was very shocked that you put it out because you're Capricorn like me. And so we don't like to tell our business. So, <laughs> like we'll tell it after, you know? 
and you were telling it like in the thick of things. And so in the video, you're talking about how you had gotten evicted from your apartment. And this was your dream apartment. And you were just like, oh, my gosh, this is my life. And um, you have been trying for months to, like, get this sorted out. And it just was not it wasn't sorting out. Life was lifing. And everybody in the comments was either trying to offer advice on what to do or they were saying, I'm going through this, too. And I DM'd you and I told you, I was like, literally, I've been through that. I know some of my very close friends have been through that. And it's like a thing going on at the moment with the housing crisis. And so I was like, oh, we got to talk about this on the show. Um, So what made you even share that? Because, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Well, as a Capricorn, like you said, you know, we don't tell anyone our business. One, I don't show no one my emotions as a Capricorn. I profit off my business. I profit off my business. Like me telling my business. I feel like with everything I've ever done, I like to connect with people and I realize how to be personal. And the crazy thing about TikTok is people only listen to you if you're personal and if you're showing them at your lowest. Um, I said eviction very loosely, which is funny because it was more one of those things where it's like, you know what? I knew I didn't want to be there no more. I ain't paid January rent. I paid February rent. I was like, you know what? It's time to get the H out of here um, before they even tried to evict me. So I said, you know, yeah, you know, I evicted, whatever. I never went through the process. So I'm assuming like, you need to be out of here. I ain't paid January or February. And I'm just like, something just told me in my skin, like, this place is not for you. But the way I got there, I was telling God at the beginning of the year, remove what is not for me. Show me signs. If it's not for me, remove people, things, whatever it is. And I had this thought one morning, like, you need to go. So I was like, I posted this because it was just so much stuff was going on. And I felt like, let me remove the space because spaces can be very toxic for you also as well. No, you know what? And I'm glad you, I'm glad you looked at it that way because um, I, I know for me, like whenever something like that has happened to me, everybody looks at me and they're like, you know, they just see pity. Like they're just like, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I hate that this is going on. They don't know what to say or do. But oftentimes, and yeah, I have my moment where I'm emotional about it, but like nine times out of 10, I'm just like, okay, I know by now because I've gone through so many things like this. I know Mm -hmm. by now that it's God redirecting me or removing something because he knows I'm gonna hold on to it and he has something better like around the corner, you know? And a lot of times, a lot of us are so consumed because it was our dream. Like you said, that was your dream apartment. Like, duh, you gonna sit there and be comfortable until it's not comfortable no more, you know? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, but I like that perspective. Almost definitely. Like, it kind of did hit the the wind out of nowhere. And I kind of shocked everyone. I'm like, hey, I'm about to up and leave. They're like, you don't want to keep trying all that? I'm like, I'm not about to overwork myself. I'm not about to stress myself out just to keep this place I don't want to be in anymore. Because it's going to just create more negativity if I stay in a place I should not even stay in because God told me to leave. No, exactly. Exactly. And a lot of us like to, like, try to force things to work and it could because I guess sometimes the way that we lose things or or the way that God removes things can feel like devastating or feel hard you know what I mean and so we're trying mm-hmm. to hold on to it out of pride out of whatever and it's like it really just let it go just let it go 
And then it's also the part where everyone's like, you know, I can't move back in with my parents. You know, I can never do that because, you know, not everyone has a relationship with their parents, you know, like some of us do, which I completely understand. I have tons of friends who I had stay at my home, which I was at home where everyone came over and stayed at in my apartment where they didn't want to be at home, you know, when they were transitioning out. So when people are like, I can't do that, when back in my head, I'm like, I have no issue with my people. And I have no issue. And the biggest thing for me was, you know, um, in a part of me transitioning out the month before my grandmother passed and the same time I was like I want to come home and help my mom because my dad he has cancer stage four he was hospice and I was like someone was telling me come home just come Mm. home just come home be with your family so that's part of the reason why I also left and some people in the comments were like you know your parents can take care of themselves I'm like different cultures do different things exactly exactly and that's the thing I think sometimes like and I, even I've done it before, you know, where someone will tell me something and I'm just like, oh, that's not necessarily the case or whatever. But it's like, mm-hmm. if you feel in your spirit, that's the thing you're supposed to do. There's a reason you feel like that. And and yeah. like when, when you made that shift and you went back home, everything worked the way it was supposed to. And, you know, like you are in you're exactly where you're supposed to be right now. Oh, yeah. And so I'm, yeah. So I just love that you were able to like put that message out, though, like. Have you been getting a lot of DMs from people saying that they've been in similar situations or like what has the reaction been on a personal level? That video is still getting traction. People are still coming forth. People are still like, hey, if I have a job opportunity for you, whatever. I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm okay, but give the resources for everyone else. I'm In my bio on TikTok, I said, I'm here to be a vessel. This is not so much about me. I'm telling you my story, but I'm also creating a platform where, where everyone else can relate in the comments. There's some people who found, you know, housing. There's some people who moved to different countries because someone gave me information about that. And there's some people who found jobs in that area and they found assistance because of that post. So... I'm not looking so much at what I'm doing because I already came up with my decision said and done buddy over there. Um, I already came up with my decision and I was completely fine with this. So me just posting it, I'm like the same way when you go to a restaurant, I'm not posting my location until I'm already gone. So I've already mm-hmm. came up with what I was going to do at the end already before I even posted that. Yeah, no, I think that makes a lot of sense. Like, and and the fact that you even saw it that way in the middle, I feel like, I mean, I know as a Capricorn, we go through a lot of things, like, <laughs> like in our oh, lives, we typically put ourselves through a lot of things. That too, that too. <laughs> so, you know, we learn a lot of lessons. Um, yeah. But it seems like you handled this with so much grace. Like you just already knew you were like, this isn't for me. This is to be a vessel. This is to create a space for someone else to mm-hmm. heal through my content or find solutions through my content. And that's beautiful. That is because honestly, I don't even know if I would have seen it that way right in that moment. So the fact that that was like the thought process going into it, that's really beautiful. Okay, wait. So can you? Oh, sorry. Go ahead. What were you gonna? No, no, no. I was gonna say at least one percent of people are like, "You're irresponsible. You're this. You're that." And they're, you know, of course they're not knowing everything when they're assuming like, "How are you going to move into this apartment and all that type of stuff?" And I'm just like, a lot of things happen. Do you not see we're literally in a recession? Do you not see, you know, apartments are going up, but our salaries aren't going up, and. I was stating things, telling people, like, even I do a million other things. I never count my businesses because it's not my money. That's my business money. My nine to five money, 60K a year is not up a like $46,000 a year after taxes. So me living in a place at $1,600, you know, that was just crazy. And it was just this form of lifestyle creep that no one seems to think about or talk about. 
No, exactly. No one. Okay, yeah. So let's let's get into that. Let's get into one how you even got to that into that situation, and let's touch on the whole lifestyle creep thing after mm-hmm. that. Yeah. So how what did that look like? Because I know you said that you had gotten like a really good job or like a, a job that you wanted, right? And then you were able to move into your dream apartment. So like, how did all that happen? So I made this shift early on in my career, and a lot of people know me from entrepreneurship. I just told myself I need a little bit of a break. I needed to stop working for myself and I want to just follow the line leader. So like any person at Capricorns, we know how to study and master everything. So how did I end up in corporate? I don't even know how. How did I end up in tech? I don't even know how. I don't even have a degree. But I ended up there making, you know, my first job was 50K and my second job was 60 and like 70 or whatever went up. And then I'm just like, you know what? I think it's time for you to utilize this job for an apartment. When it came to my businesses, my business money was not my money. That saved my business. My nine to five money, that was my bill money. So me saying, you know, I can't afford my rent anymore was the fact that I no longer have this income that I put to the side that is for my bills and all that. And that's how I was thinking. And I'm just like, right off the back, like 60K, I can afford this apartment if I was 60, 65 a month on the belt line in Atlanta in the heart of everything. Let me go ahead and do that because I was living at a place. I was doing other things, but I was like, let me switch up. It changes up by not using my entrepreneurship money because that's a lot of money to be taken from my business and start using my nine to five money. I put too much weight on my nine to five money and I put all of my trust into that because when I worked a nine to five um, as a Capricorn, someone hate HD, I am very much um, one track minded. So I focused on that job. I literally abandoned my businesses for up to a year where it wasn't really making any money after a while. So it's like when I, I got, you know, let go from my job, like other, like a lot of other people, it was like, oh, what am I going to do? I had savings. People didn't realize that because how did I even get to this point to even end up in February when I'm saying like I lost my job in May. But I also couldn't go back to my entrepreneurship because there was no passion behind it when I felt like I was working to live at that time. And I had to remove myself from, from the situation. So the evictions was going to hit. But I was I was not going to let it hit because that's, I'm not going to have that. I believe my credit so much for that. And a lot of people in the comments thinking like, oh, you know, have it fall off, do this, do that. I'm like, I'm not getting, I'm like, I'm not getting eviction. I'm not going to collections. I'm just paying the fee and I'm dipping out. But I showed people online, it was, I owe them $4,000 because I live in a new development. And people don't realize that all these new places that are being built. They want you to pay, you know, after two days, I had to pay a $200 late fee. My rent was all on time. So that's for like two months. And then there's like admin fees. And then if I wanted to move out, I had to pay back my move-in special, which was like one or two months free of rent. And then I had to pay like another month's rent. And then it was two back rent. So I'm like, it's going to equal up to 4 k So people are like, how are you just irresponsible? No, the system, it was not made for us. And even if you lost your job and even if you didn't make that amount of money anymore, you can't go in and say, hey, I no longer am qualified. Can I leave? In Atlanta, you need to make 80K a year just to get like a one bedroom. Yes. Yes. I, as you're saying, as you're saying all this, I'm like thinking back on everything and I'm like, that was literally the exact same. Well, okay. So for me, it wasn't a thing of, um, I'll say it wasn't a thing of lifestyle creep. It was that it was, well, actually it's the same as you. It's like, 
you're making one thing at one moment and then the next second you're not making that and it's like oh can't afford any of this anymore because <laughs> I put all my eggs in that one basket instead of diversifying and maintaining all the different things that I you know had going on which you know regardless let's just be real like unless you have 10 different streams of passive income having multiple streams of active income is very hard to maintain so you know, mm-hmm. like, I, I totally understand why you didn't maintain both at the same time. People don't understand that. When somebody says they're being evicted or they're vacating or whatever it is, because um, that was my situation, too. I vacated. And so when you vacate, um, <laughs> it's not a thing of, oh, you just so behind and you just it literally could just be one month that I'm behind and all these additional fees that they're putting on for all these random things because they're high fees because you want to live in a nice place and the nice places they charge large fees for any little thing being late being tardy anything so it adds up and it could be double whatever your rent was at the end of it all and it looks like you just so irresponsible and you're so behind and you're really not like it's just all the fees yeah and it's crazy because when I was going through my, what is it? My walkthrough process when I was leaving. So you know how to get someone to check off. The girl at the leasing office, she was like, I can't even afford to live here. But I live here because I work here. And it's basically if she lose her job, they're going to terminate her lease. And there's other people in the comments who were leasing agents saying they lost their job because they couldn't fill units inside of their complexes because the owners keep raising the rent. I'm like, do you not? see this like we've already had you know we're down south they expect more people from up north to move down i feel like everyone's already done moving girl i mean i okay because that was a thing so last year i kept saying i was gonna move to atlanta and um i learned my lesson like saying that on the internet because now everybody worries me about it like where when are you gonna move to atlanta um but regardless i think the thing that was having me in shock was i was like no matter where you go it's all expensive it's all the same price at this point yeah, it's, it, to me, well, I'll say between Dallas and Atlanta, like everything is just high at this moment, you know, but there's loopholes, which I've learned uh-huh. once I moved in towards the enemy moving out. I'm like, why did I not know about this? If you're looking to an apartment, start finding apartments that offer tax credit and they have some form of discounts for it. So I'm paying sixteen sixty five for a one bedroom with large three bay windows facing the belt line, seeing everyone walk their dog and kids while my neighbor's paying. 1100 Wait, what? Because of tax credit. Anyone can get in on it. Wait, explain this. Explain this. <laughs> How? I'm not, what? I'm not a realtor, but I've learned this um, over time because I'm learning that other people who move it in. So if certain areas are developing, um, they have this tax credit program, like with one in Atlanta. They have one with the Beltline where they need a certain amount of people to move in that area. So they would like, you know, compensate you for moving in. So your rent would be more discounted on top of the moving specials. And then um, a lot of apartments, I would say by law, but a lot of apartments, they have to have, you know, based on income units, they have to have the, the tax type of credit units and some other type of units. And they have their rest of their units. While every unit is not going to be the same price. Like I knew people who were paying $900 for a two bedroom. How? How? So I didn't know that. So if you're like, I want for a two bedroom in 2023. <laughs> I want to move to Atlanta in two years. You need to go to these places. It's like, hey, what's your wait list? Put me on a wait list for this unit. Wow. 
I'm gonna and sometimes it actually. Came and I was about to say. Today. I was about to say when I'm gonna be there, and I'm not gonna say that anymore on the internet. I'll just, just tell you off after just the show. Any place. <laughs> any place. No, that's amazing, and I'm sure they do that in other states too and stuff. Mm-hmm. So that's something for y'all to look at. But also too, if you're looking for resources and information, go to her post. I will have it linked in this um, on this episode because on her post. So many people are giving information and, you know, just in on all topics relating to this, whether it be finding jobs, finding uh, like what to do if you are in the same situation and you're trying mm-hmm. to stay in your apartment to getting lower rent, whatever. Like there's a lot of information on that post. So go check that out. Um, yeah. But that's a good tip, girl. I didn't know that. OK. <laughs> go to the party. <laughs> OK, so tax credit. Good to know. Um, but yeah, so the vacate laws in Atlanta, what are they like? Like when you are vacating a property, just make sure your place is clean. You hand them the keys and you do a walkthrough and you out, you just got to pay whatever the fees are. Okay. So that's what it is in Texas too. Yeah. My complex, they're just horrible people. They're so horrible. (laughs) I, it's just so much. Like if you go to their Yelp, like the Google reviews, it looked like it's like five stars. Yelp is where the real reviews are for any place you're looking at. Look into Yelp because there's you want to look at the tenants, not the people who are coming in touring. They're thinking, oh my gosh, just love and luxury. Everyone moved in with, they all gone or they broke their lease because this was a new development I moved into. Oh my gosh, I think a lot of times like people don't realize, um, so like the the leasing office itself some a lot of those people are not equipped to be doing what they're doing they don't know what they're doing half the time this is mm-hmm. probably their first time working and leasing and all that and they are the ones causing a lot of issues <laughs> they're causing yeah, a lot of chaos it's ridiculous and it makes oh, yeah. it so hard to enjoy where you're living when you have to deal with stuff like that and it makes you not want to like try to make your rent it makes you want to just leave <laughs> like you said cuz what's the point of fighting to stay here what is the point why am I paying to live? Anyway. Why? This is so ghetto. <laughs> In the area that's developing. And you want me to pay this amount while the people down the street paying like 500? No. Right. And then I had to deal with you? Like, absolutely not. Mm-mm. Absolutely not. Um, but yeah, I think, I think so that that's, I think that's what's so interesting about this conversation because it can go both ways where it's like you were living decent right and then your income is taken away but then I've also seen the other side of things and now it's like now that I've experienced what I've experienced whenever I see somebody I'm close to where I see they're like experiencing lifestyle creep I cringe and I want to tell them but then I'm like it's not my place to say anything but (laughs) it's the same friends you know you know they need to pay their rental insurance or their bill but they're like quick to get their nails done I'm just like you know how much the nails cost? Listen. <laughs> and I'm just, and then when it comes to Atlanta, it's this whole show of you would never know if anyone's going through something because people in Atlanta feel like they have to show that they got it as they got it. When in actuality, the dudes are sharing their homeboy clothes, the girls are, you know, where they're doing this other stuff. And I'm just like, it's okay to not make it. People assume that you have to show it you know like have a form of facade in order to making it in your career or just anything and it's like you don't gotta do that you give me false expectations and people are looking up to you and 
People should be able to see you at your lowest and you going up because how are you going to be relatable? You're not being relatable at all. I've been everywhere in my career and I've been very much relatable to people. That's why I have an audience. That's why I have people who support me like all across all platforms because they see me at every level and I document it at all yeah. times. I mean, exactly. I might as well be the test dummy. I don't care. No, and I love that about you. I love that you are open and honest. And I think for me, like you said, I, I'd i be sharing if it helps me make money. Um, yeah. <laughs> I mean, and that's just real because I just know how the internet is. And just like when people have the audacity to come on your page talking about you are irresponsible. Sweetheart, what? You, you swear you know everything. Myself. It's like not everyone's parent educated about finances. Not everyone's school did this for them. We had to get at them. Like, I'm looking at my older brother, and, you know, he's like he bought his first house. You know, he did all this. He didn't have any help. And I'm looking at him, and he looking at me, and he helping me because he had to learn on his own. Right. And he didn't even have an apartment. He went from the military to the apartment. I mean, to a house. I was like. Wow. Okay. So, <laughs> he's advanced. <laughs> no, but I think I think that's the thing is, like um because even i'll say this with atlanta i know everybody always says like la is like the place you go to become a celebrity but everyone in atlanta already thinks they're the celebrity so when you're in an environment like that <laughs> everyone thinks they're famous in atlanta it doesn't even matter everyone got something yeah everyone knows somebody they got something going on and so they went to school with this person i went to school with gunna and th- what is it mean for you <laughs> Yeah, it's like everybody everybody thinks they're somebody, and I get that. But it's like, can we just be real for like two seconds? <laughs> and no. that was right. And that was something me and my best friend, um, after we had gone through so many different things, mo- her, both her and I had gotten to this place where we would just look at each other when we see somebody trying to like, you know, just act like they got everything going on or be overly, you know, like the fake neg- uh, positivity thing, like the toxic positivity where they act like everything's perfect. And we just look at each other like, can we just be real for like two seconds? Because everything, this is the thing. It's okay to be real. It's okay to be honest. It's okay to be like, I'm a work in progress and be open about that. Or just stop trying to like front all the time like everything is good. Because then you get yourself in some sticky situations. And I have seen it where someone will, because this is the thing. When you haven't accomplished certain things, you think that, you know, making six figures a month, I mean, not a month, a year, making six figures a year or doing certain things is way bigger than it is. And maybe 10 years ago, making six figures in a year was a lot. But now I get it. If you've never done that, that's amazing. I'm so proud of you. But now, <laughs> baby, you just gonna have a normal life. You just gonna be living comfortable. Like that's, that's really all it class. is. <laughs> exactly. you're, still, you're still like the rest of us. Because things are expensive. So when you sit up here and you feel so great because you never accomplished it, that's awesome. But don't sit here and think that all of a sudden you can have this huge, luxurious life because you are going to put yourself in a really sticky situation and you're going to be living just the way you were living before, paycheck to paycheck, struggling to buy groceries, mm-hmm. struggling to pay for your, your car payment. It's the same thing, just with higher priced things. And so you got to, that's really what it is. It's like the mindset behind it. You got to really work on your insecurities. You got to work through whatever you think it is that you're communicating to people by showing your money. You got to work on that because it's not worth it. Yep. They're not doing it. 
exactly and they, they're not there's probably somebody listening to, the, to this that's going to ignore right. everything i'm saying but. <laughs> but 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 the whole rhetoric is it's like we look at what what's being presented to us online we're seeing a girl boss movement we're seeing this we've seen a big bro movement and it's like they're not telling you what to do because it's like we need mentors and i like i like to say we need mentors technically we don't because i don't have a mentor if i have a mentor they never met me those are the best ones. They don't know I exist. They never met me. Someone I watch from afar. And it's like, are these people who we're looking at online, they're just showing the false expectations. They're showing like, you know, they're not even explaining, you know, I got the mud this way. I did X, Y, Z. Like, no, here's my Bentley. Here's my Lambo. And here's my all pink conference with my plant. What? You're not, you're not really helping people. But at the same time, people, they love where you are. But I connect with you because I see that, oh my gosh, you are where I am. No, you were where I was or where I am right now. That's where you connect with people. And that's where you help people at. Because it's like, how did you do it? And it's not the same exact blueprint, but it's like, I just want to at least see someone that understands like, you know, if they can do it, I can do it too. But you can't get that out here. But that's also why I like LA, New York. You're going to meet someone in LA who's a waitress. They're going to be like, oh, I'm a waitress, but I'm also an actor um, and a writer and a screenwriter in New York. The same exact thing in, in Atlanta. No one got jobs. <laughs> what I mean, do y'all yeah, do? Let's talk about that because. <laughs> they work in a warehouse thing. at nighttime. <laughs> Girl. Because, like, literally, when I go to, like you said, like LA, New York, they have no problem saying, yes, I work. Uh, on television during the day and then I waitress at night and I do all these different things you go to Atlanta baby they're gonna be like what job (laughs) what employment what are you talking about I make six figures in my sleep what are you talking about so what point me in direction because I've been stressing myself out since I was 15 being an entrepreneur hustling and everything right I don't I don't anyways No, Atlanta is a special city. When they talk about live, live in delusion, be delusional, that is the place where all the delusional people live. <laughs> That's where no, y'all. No, you're right. <laughs> they all live there. So if you want to learn how to be delusional, move to Atlanta. Um, no, I'm playing. I'm playing. <laughs> but you did mention. Uh, I mean, I saw. I saw you posted like you know your your last days in your apartment. And what did that feel like? Because I remember what it felt like for me. But what did it feel like for you when you were just, like, ready to leave? Uh, one, how did I accumulate so much shit? Like, why is it just so much stuff? And I'm thinking, like, my gosh, you know, it's something I realize as I get older that, you know, I'm not into super colorful things. I'm not into clutter and I notice a lot of us you know people don't think about this as we get older we get what is it called um not starstruck but um things are to aggravate us more and I realize a lot of adults go into the minimalistic standpoint because we're easily agitated or this oh it's overstimulating a lot of things are overstimulating so as I was moving out you know I'm learning more about myself as I'm moving out I'm seeing items I have I'm like I'm overstimulated with everything I have everything else in the apartment is pretty much gone sold i'm in my childhood bedroom right now (laughs) everything is sold because i felt like i was overstimulated and i was looking at the process of items and why you watch youtube years ago i'm looking at this guy named matt and he was talking about i think minimalism a lot and i'm just like 
okay, you can live like that. And I realized I'm overstimulated as an adult. And that's why our favorite colors are neutral tones and pastels now, because we're so super overstimulated. And I was learning myself moving out. You know, I wasn't creating a plan on what I'm going to do because I already had this process. It was just like, this is just a step in God's plan. He already has what's for you at the end. You just have to keep doing the work. And mm. I had to keep showing up, just keep showing up. And when I said I'm super independent, I hate being a Capricorn. I got that U-Haul. I load up all my heavy stuff myself. All the men in my life were like, why didn't you call me? Why didn't you do this? I'm like, I had to do this right? myself. Why didn't you call I had him? <laughs> an elevator. I had to put everything heavy. And they're like, why didn't you call this? I'm like, this is something I had to do myself. So it was more so of self-reflection, of understanding me. I feel like I've been overstimulated for a long time. And once I started to calm down, like I'm learning myself because I feel like I've been in places and fields where I'm like, this isn't me. Who am I? So the process of moving, I was finding myself and learning myself into my journey. And for me moving out, it's like all of God's blessings just went skyrocket. Like every single thing. Mm-hmm. He was like, I just needed you to do this. I just needed you just to do this one last thing. I knew you probably wouldn't want to do it, but I need you to leave your apartment now. As soon as he said that, I'm like, start and start packing up this closet. Told my mom, she was like, come back. My dad, he kept asking her every single day, is she home? Is she home? Is she home? And I'm like, see, I knew I need to come home for some reason. Because mm-hmm. it's, it's time to go. Yes. Wow. That's amazing. But no, don't be don't be loading up your stuff by yourself next time. <laughs> <laughs> it looks like it's in the nighttime. Um, Wait, you one of them people that be moving in the middle of the night? <laughs> You even see me struggling with this couch. I had to call one of my neighbors downstairs. I was like, John, I need help. He was like, what? I'm like, I'm already by your door, but can you help me push this couch? He was just like, why didn't you call me? I'm like, I was like, everything's done. That's a lie. The whole apartment's still full. Girl. I'm like, let's get the heavy stuff out first. And then I was throwing things over my balcony (laughs) to the U-Haul. You know what? See, uh, (laughs) unacceptable. Get it done. Because I'm not paying for movers right now. You're right. No, no, no. Listen, I was like, I already got to pay this big old bill from vacating. And then the movers. Now I'll say this. I don't know. Oh, yeah. You just say you didn't have movers. But when people used to come and see my building and stuff, people would like charge me more than what it really cost because they thought I had it. Right. So when I was moving out of my place, mind you, I'm moving all my things into storage. Moving out of my place, the bill just like all like all of a sudden it seemed like the bill went up like two hundred dollars. I said, "Wait a minute now, hold up, what is going on? Why are, why are we charging this much?" For- <laughs> right, right. <laughs> I was like, Mm-mm. "Something right here." Um. Okay. So when you were so you said that like once you uh, lost your job, you were looking for another job for a long time and you weren't able to get anything. So what was this job market like? Because you said you applied to hundreds of jobs, right? Delusion. It was delusion. Um, one, I shouldn't have been applying to jobs. That's one. I should have been applying for jobs in the field I was in. Um, because the field I was in is supposed to have been for a short period of time. So I went from being, mind you, background heavy entrepreneurship, had my own consulting company, startups and everything most small businesses and I went into I was like you know what I want to start doing project management became a scrum master and then I was like I want to start transitioning more back into entrepreneurship so I was like let me just do 
techno recruiting right now because that seems easy. No, sales jobs are the most hardest. Even though they pay you a lot of money, it's extremely hard. And someone who was a recruiter who worked in the field can tell you, oh, I ain't getting hired. Because I really worked in the field. I'm watching, I'm seeing what they're doing. I'm seeing how they're moving. And I forgot what it was at one point when it was like with COVID. I said they still do it now. These companies are realizing they don't need us to function. They need probably like a few couple employees right now because they're still getting that COVID relief money or whatever, right? Because they're saying like, oh, our company was damaged or it wasn't, you know, really up and functioning because of COVID. So it's like they're not having to hire people, but they still legally had to post the jobs. When LinkedIn... That's, I have, I realized after a while, and I kid you not, I've never applied for a job before. All my jobs have been someone reaching out to me on LinkedIn to interview me and they hire me right after or someone network with me. So me applying to jobs made no sense because I knew myself that I found all my jobs by people reaching out to me. And then also when I was a recruiter, everyone that I hired myself was in our system already in our database so hopping on these platforms like linkedin linkedin and indeed when people tell me they found a job i'm like how right how? but you find one because someone reached out to you and these recruiters they ain't reaching out no more see okay because i saw somebody post about this on tiktok and mind you i'm not like actively uh trying to find a job or anything like that But I saw them post about this and they were saying that's why everyone thinks the job market is booming, but it's not because these companies are obligated to post these positions, but they're not actually hiring for them. So you're sitting here trying to understand why am I applying for so many things and I'm not getting the job? You and everybody else are not getting the job. None of y'all are getting the job (laughs) because they're not going to actually hire anyone for that position. They just have to say that they looked for somebody. And so that's the problem here is there's still not enough jobs. There's still not, you know what I mean? Like, especially not at the price point that would be livable, like the the wage, um, you know, like the, the salaries and stuff like that. But I think that's so interesting that you say that because I notice a lot of us do that when things get hard or when we're, you know, scrambling, trying to figure something out. We end up, you know, end up doing something that actually doesn't even make sense, like, we, we're trying to solve it, solve the problem by doing something that we think is going to solve it. But when we think back on every time we've solved it in the past, that has not been what we've done. And so it's like you, you're sitting here trying to go and apply to all these jobs, but it's like, no, sweetheart, you know better than anybody. That's not going to get you the job, <laughs> but you're not mm-hmm. thinking properly because you just try to hurry up and like solve the problem. And so that I think that's so interesting. Um that you even you know did all of that but I just noticed that on TikTok that has been a heavy conversation everyone's been trying to figure out why are we all applying for so many jobs and we're not getting them that is why so if you've been trying to figure that out there's your answer um but for those people that are like trying to make those connections and actually secure a role would you say that it's best to try to just like make connections on LinkedIn or like what would you advise them to do it's an advice my mom gave me when I first went to college. I'm just going for one semester, then I dropped out. <laughs> I was like, it's not for me. I have my own businesses. Same. Um, <laughs> the same way she told me to go into a degree that makes you money, regardless if you like it or not. Go into a field that makes you money, regardless if you like it or not. And we have a habit of putting something on a pedestal, and we make it oversaturated. Tech has become so oversaturated. 
And it's just crazy, you know, how it's like that because if we see someone has success in this, we want to hop over to it. But it's like, we don't have to do that. Now, I might hate myself for doing this by blasting this on your platform. I've been like ducking and dodging and telling people what I do now and where I'm at because I'm very much successful at what I do. But I'm going to give bare minimum and then we're going to go into it later on. But go into trades. Everyone needs to go into trades. Um, and everyone don't want to be a plumber. Everyone does. They don't want to be this, but you don't realize those are people who are making the money. Everyone doesn't want to work in construction, but as long as you have a building on your head, you're going to need construction workers. And it's also still admin roles are a part of that. So if you're thinking about going to tech and you're like, I want to be a project manager, be a project manager in construction. And with what I'm doing, it is so rewarding and I'm doing so much more than just that. I don't have a job. The crazy part is I'm back being an entrepreneur, but it's like... You're a consultant and you're doing the stuff for the trades. I'm consulting these companies, these high companies, cities, the government. I'm doing that now. So that's why I haven't said nothing online because I'm like, y'all not about to ruin this for me. Like, not in a bad way, but I'm like, y'all not about to oversaturate my field. But I'm going to tell you what it is towards the end of the episode. But look into trades. You don't have to, you know, try to stick with what everyone else is doing. Show face. We're all human. We don't all have to be the same job. I don't know why everyone wants the same job for some reason. There's not enough companies right. in the world to hire for the same job. But at the same time, there's nothing wrong with being a plumber. There's nothing wrong with being a carpenter. Because if you look at it, you can literally make well over 100K your first year. Right out of school. Right out of training. Just yeah. food for thought for some people. No, and I think that was... I'm so happy you mentioned that. Because I, I don't think people realize no matter what it is that you do, there's a way to monetize it at scale or there's a way to monetize it and make a lot of money. And there's also a way to make a little bit of money. So if you've just seen somebody that's like, okay, let's just say being a janitor, for instance, if you have seen a janitor and they look like they make a much, they may not be making much, but what if you owned a janitor company and you had all these different janitors under you and they all go to corporate buildings and do clean them and stuff, then you could be making six figures. Easy. And the, the crazy part about this is I'm going to give a little, not a little small little thing about the job that I'm doing right now. Well, the career I'm in right now, I work in sustainability. I work okay. with making things green. So you want to be a janitor? Slap on your a green janitor. You focus on sustainability and eco-friendly products. You're going to make 10 times more. They're going to double your price. I'm focused on green initiatives right now in my career field, making sure things go green, buildings, workplaces, communities, cities, government places, whatever, right? Any place you hop to right now, and people don't realize this because we're understanding climate change a little bit more, you know, start adding on green into your logo, adding green into your business practice. You know, if you're like, oh, I'm a janitor, you know, I have a cleaning service or I'm a maid. I knew someone with a cleaning service and you know, a lot of her products were just based in vinegar, which is like so natural that she didn't have to use all this extra stuff. And people hired her more because they want their home to be very much eco-friendly. So just going off saying, I'm going to be a plumber just or being a janitor, slap on the green. It's branded and marketing, but at the same time, you're saving the world. Yes. Okay, wait. Okay, so let's just get into it then, because now I'm like, I'm intrigued. Uh, <laughs> so I'm sure the listeners are as well. Okay, so you do consulting and and you do it around sustainability or what it what exactly is your role now so in order to understand what i do you have to understand my full actual actual background and why did i transition and da, da, da. so my okay, actual let's background, get into it 
Yeah, my actual background is in research marketing and neuromarketing. No, I didn't go to school for this. I am self-taught. You see a bunch of books over here. I have like three bookshelves over here. Um, with research marketing and neuromarketing, I focus on strategies um, that you see bigger companies use and I implement it for small companies and nonprofits. That's how I've been able to build my companies and sell them, work with startups early on and help them grow and I step away because they're kind of already there. I did that. And I was thinking like, you know, when I went to the tech space, you know, I was working in the marketing and the development side also. And I was just like, you know what, I'm not finding this as fulfilling because with anything tech, it's like you won't see a result to a few years. So my my product in mind I was having wouldn't become tangible for a few years. But versus me working in a trade space and community development, everything was tangible. So um, these past few months, I have been learning about construction and deconstruction with sustainability and in terms of community development, because my focus is on, I talked about on my TikTok, how, you know, the housing market and everything was going on and why do you keep saying homes are affordable? Three to 400K is not affordable for a single family home. I don't know who y'all fooling over there in what state or country this is, but I'm going to move to Alabama because I know it's cheaper there, but they keep saying <laughs> affordable homes and it's not. So my focus has been, you know, how can I create affordable homes? Because even heavy in my background, I used to work with nonprofits and doing community development with them early on. So I was like, if I'm going into the sustainable field, I want to learn more about sustainability. So I am DREPOST certified, which means I have this green initiative where I'm able to go into projects and say, you know, let's focus on water conservation. Let's focus on, you know, energy renewal, you know, different things of that sort. But I'm still helping these businesses grow that are within the sustainable field and it's helping people get into the workforce. So when I joined this one program called LBC, um, their focus is on deconstruction with sustainability. So pretty much they go in and they deconstruct apartments, but they don't demo them. They take out good materials and they resell them for a cheaper price and they give them away for free to a lot of nonprofits. So that's been our mm. focus for a long time. I've been working with them. Um, I don't work for them. I work with them because I've been communicating with them a lot in the last few days and a few weeks pretty much since leaving the program. But with doing that, I moved back into still doing project management for construction companies that focus on sustainability because they need someone who has the green initiative like me to go in because a lot of more buildings in Atlanta are moving towards the green space, you know, LED lighting, water conservation, instead of using gas stove, they use, um, of course, you know, um, electric and whatnot. But when I do my consulting, I'm working with like workforce development. I'm working with different okay. small communities in terms of how can we build affordable homes? We can build affordable homes by focusing on sustainability. So if we reuse, so if we want to tear down this old school that no one uses anymore, let's use these same materials to build the homes, which means we're going to cut costs on the building materials also. So I've been working with um, some government officials, um, a lot of District 9 employees in Atlanta here um, in terms of how can we create more workforce development and how can we create programs, and how can we create more sustainable homes. So that's what I've been doing in the consulting part, which is crazy, because like, do you have a job? Nope, by being an entrepreneur, but as a consultant who is crazy busy with meetings every single day, and it's always someone who needs help, because the community is going to keep developing. So why not be on that end? And if you're trying to hop into this space, start learning about sustainability and green, and just anything with trades, because it's going to keep going. No one's seen that these people are talking about this. And it's mainly because, you know, it's the people who you know. It's the palm colors who are deep into that community. And that's where the money is. So once I kind of dived into the nonprofits and more so deeper into my consulting on that side, I had to hit a whole rebrand. So my old uh, 
mold consulting changed that name that's gone i'm going to announce my new name soon but it's already been out but i'm like now i'm focused on instead of like you know a couple hundred to a couple thousand dollar you know contracts i'm focusing on thousand dollars to million dollar contracts now okay okay wait, so wait, that's, wait. What we that's what we're okay, on period <laughs> i love this this is great it's okay it's so wait i need you to break down how do you get into consulting because there are people that are listening to this, even myself. I've everyone always says to me, "Oh, you should be in consulting. You should do this, da da da." But it's like consulting doesn't feel tangible, right? And it's like, how do you find the client? Where do you go? Like, how are you finding these projects? What does that mean to be consulting? It's very big on a network, and when I say very big on a network, you have to be in the now. So the space that I'm in, I tell people, the community is very big. Go to these events. Go to these town hall meetings. Go to these constructions. Like I'm supposed to go to a meeting next week that's about aircrafts. If people don't know what aircraft or no, earthcrafts, people don't know what earthcrafts are. They're the homes that are built into the earth, like built into the side of a hill. I'm going to a meeting about that to learn more about that, how we can implement that in Atlanta. And oh, those are scary though. <laughs> <laughs> Them homes would be hanging off the side of the hill. <laughs> no, 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 no. Like imagine like a little Teletubby hill. I mean, I'm not, I'm not oh. healed, but tell it tell me like slow, but it's like it's okay. still level. Okay. We have a house that's built into it, like out of clay. Okay, okay. It's I like you. those. You kind of see them in Mexico and Brazil a little bit more. Um, got it. I thought you were talking but, about the ones in LA that be like on the stilts oh, or something. I was like, hammers, no, no one moving there. I'm not dealing with earthquake. No, 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 I'm not doing that. Um, but people are not thinking about the way to get into certain spaces. Like if you're just starting off, you don't know if you don't have the funds. Facebook groups, Meetup.com. Find people of common interests of you and you hop in, you communicate, you network, you talk. I've met a lot of people, a lot of colleagues, people I made money from. Like, it's even one dude off Twitter. We started chatting like two weeks ago. I'm, he's already like introducing me to someone on Monday that's a government official because he enjoys the work I do. And I've helped him. He's helped me within the last two weeks. You have to network your butt off. But these Facebook groups and these communities groups, um meetup.com what's another one where people like meetup um eventbrite they have events on there you need to pay attention the thing is when you're kind of going to the role that i am that i'm focusing on you need to focus on when they're having these city meetings because for some reason they, they think we're an idiot by having these meetings while everyone's at work like 2 p.m during the day we're going to get a way to get in there but if you're looking to any other field i want you to think about yourself as you know I want to be the person that's in the now in my uh, in my field. How can I be that point of contact? So I tell people, you know, are you up to date? Whatever is in your field as a consultant, and they're like, "What you mean? Are you reading the news? Do you are you are you subscribed to everything that's dealing with your field? You're not a consultant. You're you're not a point of contact because you're not filling yourself with the knowledge with that. So even with you, you have your courses. You have how to grow your profile. You have this, this, and this. You are already consulted. People are looking at you for doing certain things, but it's also like, you know, how can I make it where like I'm on this higher level in order for people want to book these higher tickets? And it's like, sometimes your audience is not where you think it is. So that's why, you know, my audience before, it was our age group. No, I'm finding the people who don't know how to use TikTok, Twitter, who don't know how to use this stuff. And they're like, I'm like, well, this will be like 250 but like, okay, 2500 I'm like, yeah, sure. You know, they are just putting value into it because they don't know how to do it. So people are just like, where can I make money? 
lot of people who don't know how to use the social media, who don't know any jack squad about chat GPT and just hop over to them. And they're usually like at this older or higher level. Everyone I work with, it's like 50 plus. Wow. Okay. That's sophisticated. I love it. Um. (laughs) (laughs) I'm into it. No, seriously, but that that makes so much sense. You need to be in the spaces that they're in. You can't just think you're going to find everybody on social media or post on TikTok and get all the clients that you need for consulting. That's not how that works. So it's a little old school, but it's like sometimes certain things just they never stop working, like being networking, doing the groundwork, getting out there. It's always going to win. My clients, they're not online. And then if you really want to think about it, a million billion dollars is not going to be online talking to you. They're not going to be online. You're not going to be knowing what they're doing. That's why people, they don't even know what I got going on. They think I'm just just floating around. I'm in meetings nonstop. I'm up at 4 a.m. and I'm probably going to sleep coming home around 11 o'clock because these meetings still go long. You have to be willing to do certain things because these people just are the same people who don't come home to their wife and kids until like eight, nine o'clock at night, sometimes 10 because they're in these meetings and social media has made things easy for us. And I'm not saying it's bad, but you really barely can't even use Facebook ads anymore. And I wasn't even using them in the first place. And it's like, you know, you want to go where the money is. You want to yes. go where the wealth is. You want to go where the actual people are. And the people who are really shucking and jiving, who are doing the stuff, they are in the nonprofit space because they're thinking like they're doing so much for the community in a nonprofit space. They're the ones who be getting all the $30 million grants. And y'all don't want to be a part of $30 million grants? Exactly. They're the ones with the coin. Like, for That's real, for real. Silence, everything. Now I'm like, oh, No. Not even to see me. And that's why my name on social media is spelled different. That's not how my government name is spelled. It's spelled how it's pronounced because you ain't finna find me. You ain't finna see me. I'm just here to be here. I ain't posted since January. Girl, and that's the thing. People people always like look at me now and they're like, why aren't you posting? Why aren't you doing this? And it's like, I post on TikTok because I love TikTok. And TikTok does make me money. Mm-hmm. I that's one thing about me. If I'm not posting there, it's probably because it's not making me no money there. So, but, <laughs> but y'all can understand there's so many other ways to make money. You don't have to be on social media in order to make money and being like doing things in real life, like going to events, being outside, getting in the, in a, in a certain environment, mm-hmm. those connections are priceless. Like the things and the conversations that you have and the connections you make, like, that can literally lead to you making so much money. And so you have to get off your computer and your phone sometimes and, you know, like get comfortable networking again. I yeah. think we're so scared to like talk to strangers nowadays. <laughs> we are. And I will tell people this, this funny thing that was on a colleague of mine. Um, he is a veteran. He works with the city and he does a lot of stuff. We partner with a lot of projects. And I was telling him this tip that I have within business. And he's like, you know, I don't get it. I don't know why you do it. So I will buy a bulk of my favorite book that I read that I know, like, the front and back. And when I have meetings with people, if I see there's an opportunity coming up with them that I can do, I give them that book. I'm like, hey, this this is my book, whatever. Well, not my book. This is my favorite book. I definitely want you to have it. Whatever, right? It's a business gesture. You know, you do that as a strategy because they remember you, right? And I always get some forms of, you know, meetings, confirmations invoices paid let's talk about this this and this afterwards when i was in an exit meeting the other day with a sustainability company why they gave me a book 
And I called him. I was like, I told you. People do this. And it's just different tactics. People are, we're seeing so much online, you know, different things. But they don't realize, if you look at Pinky from Study Vegan, you will know her business moves, whatever. You're seeing her rejoice. You're seeing, you know, her ups and downs. But she's in them rooms. Same thing with Tyler Perry. They're in those rooms. They know how to network. They know how to talk. And that's the way how they got there so far. And it's not just from them posting online. They're doing the groundwork. They're canvassing. They're doing this. You just got to know where to go. And you also got to be respectful. Because I'm just, I don't think this is a respectful generation. But you also got to be respectful. Because they look at me and they're like, you're so old soul. Where you been? I'm mirroring you also. It's a form of manipulation. But I know how to, you know, show up in the rooms that I need to show up in. No. And I, I love this conversation because I think that, um, I think that's the disconnect nowadays is like, mm-hmm. we think because social media came along, that's just the the right way to do things now. Right. And, but also too, I think it's a person of color thing because a lot of us are, have not been exposed to those settings. We haven't been exposed to how to navigate those rooms and, and do all of that. The importance of being in those rooms how to communicate in those settings, the tactics, you know, to, to win people over. We don't know them. So it, it goes over our head and we just look at it as, okay, that's mm-hmm. not for us. And we move on to other things. But like you said, the pinkies, the, um, the, the Tyler Perry's, all of them, they're all doing these things. That's what's setting them apart. And that's what's getting them mm-hmm. to that next level is because they're in the rooms having these conversations and we have to learn this stuff. Like we have to stop um pushing it aside like we're separate from it and even when I see people that are like internet coaches or people doing internet business whatever I just see the the clear difference in how we do things you know what I mean it's just so different and I just want us to like I don't know I just really want to be able to like provide those resources to people so thank you for even sharing all this because I think that this is like such a good um conversation to have 100% yeah yeah, I'm I'm obsessed. Um, <laughs> and I'm like, I have more that I want to ask. Because you would never know. <laughs> no, literally, you would never know. But also, it's like we have to stop assuming that just because someone's not active on social media or they're not being an entrepreneur anymore, that 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 their whole life is over or they're not doing anything like you are doing a lot of really dope things. Clearly, the thing that's funny about it. I think people, they've only seen this one brand that had my face attached to it. And that's the first time I ever did that. And that was with the app Party Ride. All my other businesses, you would never know I'm attached to it. I have businesses and brands. I have like three or four on Instagram and on TikTok that are blowing up that you don't know is me because we have this thing where we feel like we have to be attached to our business. We have to have this glitter logo with our big face as the profile picture. We don't, you know, and I try to tell people this, you know, one, I hate a few things and some people might bite my head off of it and I really don't care. One, I hate saying small business, black owned business. You know, I hate saying those things. We should not be saying those things because early on, it was acceptable for Walmart to say family-owned business. That was very much fine, and they kind of transitioned out of that. But versus, I feel like that puts us at, you know, a cap. That puts us at this this line where we can't reach higher than we actually are in our business. So imagine you're saying Black-owned business, small-owned businesses, but instead of that, you're actually having your face on it. People are going to judge you before they even check out, and they're not going to check out because it's you. And they don't even know you. So with everything I've ever done, besides her ride, working with them, and it was such an amazing team, besides that, you did not know me. So people at the end of the day, they don't know what I'm doing. 
they don't know who I am. Mm-hmm. They don't know how many LOCs I got. They don't know all this X, Y, and Z because, you know, it's none of your business. But that's what they're teaching people these days in terms of running a business. You got to show your face. You got to this, this, and this. All this is a personal brand. You ain't got to show your face. And you should not show your face. And people get upset with me when I tell them that. Don't, don't show your face. Don't do that. Because right. even my work with the old heads, I'm consulting them. I'm like, do you want to show your face? They're like, ah, oh, I don't want to show my face. Why would I do that? And when they have brands that they're repping, I'm like, is that your brand? That's my brand. It's not it. When it's actually their brand, they don't claim their stuff either. Because you're not going to buy it because it's them. So if you put these titles on your brands and your businesses, people are really just going to look at you side eye. And they're going to expect you to add this type of way. You need to function with your business as if it's a Fortune 500 company already and you have a full staff department of customer support. Because if not, people are going to look at you and they're going to judge you more and they're going to expect more out of you because you're a one-man show. I'm not a one-man show. Even if it's just us, you want to think I have an email person, a packaging person, all of that. Exactly. No, that was one of the biggest lessons um, that I learned from my last business because, you know, I was a coach. And even with Wealthy Woman, it was never my intention to even show my face, literally. And if I could have gotten around it, I would have for sure. Um, but I that was one of the biggest things is like learning how to build something that outlives you and that does not revolve around your face and you. Because yeah. those businesses the way when you build them that way they're really risky because if you're gone then what now what but also too like you said it puts you it pigeonholes you and even now with wealthy women I'm about to have to go through because I ended up showing my face I'm about to have to go through this process of like rebranding re like you know just transitioning things a bit and introducing new faces and trying to like you know reposition because people are starting to think just because it's my face that this is a brand for only black women. And I'm like, who said that? Yeah. Whoever said that? <laughs> who said it's, it? It's like, it's not the hot pink girly page, girl boss. It's not. And you know, I want to say this. I'm going to use it as an example. And God rest her soul. Um, six figure chick. Do you remember her? Yes. Cece? It was yep. her face. Oh, right? yes. I had that, that once she was gone, her family, they. Still kept like trying really... to run the page, but you can't run it, you know, if she's not really here because it was like her face, such so attached. And imagine right. if she was the sole breadwinner. That's also yeah. a thing. So it sounds crazy. So, like, when you, you know, step back from a company, when you're leaving, if you pass away, you should have these things put in place for your company where it's like, here's my whole entire handbook everyone doesn't even have a whole entire handbook i with everything i've ever done i have a whole full you know brand outline handbook where it's like mm-hmm. people can go through this so you know one you know within my will i have all this stuff my mom gets this information so if she ever wants to continue doing my stuff no one knows who it is exactly exactly Just keep it going because it you know it's, it's so many different circumstances for that but like you said we, we definitely want to talk about that more, about your brand. Your brand is amazing, but people just Thank constantly you. just put, it's like, oh my gosh, she's black. She only cares to black people. And then people, you said, you know, like, you know, ask certain people, like, oh, can I listen to your podcast? Yes, it's for everyone. I'm not excluding right. anyone. But that's what, you know, people are used to, which, you know, I understand because we all have our own spaces. But I'm like, I'm for everyone. Money does not have a race. Literally, it does not have a race. And unless I explicitly mm-hmm. said... This is only for so and so. 
why why are you excluding yourself? But we just do that subconsciously as people. Because even if I only see a bunch of white women, I'm not going to think it's for me. You know, same difference. We've experienced that in yep. the beauty industry time and time again. So, you know, yeah. it makes sense. We just have to be careful about how we're building our brands, you know? It's, it can go two ways. So it's either you're targeting the majority, which means you're already like a white woman or, you know, you're someone of another race, but you're not black or you're not a minority. White women are able to target the majority and they're able to get every race. For mm-hmm. us, we can't really show our face. We have to be faceless. Exactly. And exactly. we have to just go about it. So we'll be on the same length. We'll be on the same level as them if we're faceless. Exactly. And that's the sad part. Because, yes, if you, you're right. If I was a white woman, um, it wouldn't even really matter. Like, everyone would still engage with this. And they wouldn't think it was just for white women. Or they wouldn't assume that. For, that wouldn't be their first mm-hmm. thought. Um, and so that's what's sad and upsetting, but you know, it is what it is. And I, and I'm getting, I saw Leah's face say this the other day. Like I saw a clip of her like circulating on TikTok Mm -hmm. and she was like, it, no matter how you look at it or no matter how you feel about it. One thing I've learned as I've gotten older is to just accept life for what it is and move according to what it is. And I can mm-hmm. sit here and be frustrated about it. I can sit here and try to like be contrarian and feel different and whatever. But ultimately, it is what it is. And so I need to learn how to maneuver with the way it is rather than trying to fight it all the time. You know what I mean? In order to get the result that I'm looking for. And it's like some of us are meant to be activists. Some of us are meant to like, you know, try to make change. But at the end of the day, unless I'm setting out to make change, and I want a certain result, I need to just do what, you know, go based on the way things are. I'm just going to mind my business. I ain't asked to be here, so I'm going to do what's right in front of me. I'm not about to be doing all this extra stuff. Mind you, my passion nine to five, which some people need to have those. My passion nine to five is community development. That's a passion nine to five. I still have my five to nine as an entrepreneur. So my passion nine to five, I'm going to care. Other than that, personally, I really don't give a crap. I don't care. I just want to see results. And that's really what it is at the end of the day. And so, yeah, as I've been accepting that more and more, I'm like, okay, it's really not that deep. I don't have to sit here and get all our, like, you know, wrapped up in it. And I think as black women, this is a whole nother conversation for a whole nother show, but I think as black women, a lot of times we walk around in our trauma, you know, and we all know trauma can be passed down through DNA. We know that now on a scientific Mm -hmm. level. So it's like all these layers of trauma, generational trauma, being a black woman, dealing with certain things. And even this, like as we're talking through this conversation, I could sit here and get so riled up about the fact that people judge me based on when they see me, you know, judge my business based on how I look. But it's like, I can't, after a while, it's like, when do we say, okay, okay, it is what it is. And it's like, we just got to move on because. I just, just meme mug. I'm like, okay. Right. Like, when people and, realize their opinion doesn't, it doesn't handle value to you, they get flustered. So I'm just like, okay. That that has always been my approach with other things in life, like especially with dating, whatever. Like if somebody thinks that they are going to, and I, maybe it's a Capricorn thing because I just don't want to give people reactions. Like that is we are better I, than people. We, we have that in our head. Like we just know we're better anyway. So it's like I don't got to be here. Right. Like I literally say that all the time when I'm in situation or meetings. I'm like, I don't have to be here. I will up and leave. Right. And like, no, 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 no. I'm like, I don't literally have to be here. I literally don't. You should be honored that you even have my attention right now. So if you're going to act like this, then you're just not going to get a reaction out of me. I'm going to act like you don't exist. That That's that's my comeback is acting oh, like you don't exist. <laughs> 
so but I have to like start approaching everything like that you know it's like okay if you don't see it if you don't feel it like okay and next like we're moving on um and not being so frustrated about how somebody is receiving me but anyway like I said that's a whole other conversation (laughs) right (laughs) right Okay, so you mentioned, um, because I do want to touch on your app and your other businesses. So you said you have like, or you've had several other businesses. Are you open to sharing what those businesses were? You said were or what they are right now? Both. Okay, so I want to start off with the fan favorite. Um, Mm -hmm. Everyone, you know, everyone didn't find me from this app. I was doing a lot of other stuff before then. This is just an app that I finally just put my face to because other than that, I was mentoring people for years online and outside of that. So everyone kind of remembers me from her ride and me just being fully transparent with my life and that my trials and tribulations for me being a victim of sexual assault, which say like it is, I was raped, so sexual assault. Uh, and me being an advocate for people because I feel like at the end of the day, with any field I'm in, I feel like I want to be that person to take my experience and help people and be there for them. Um, a lot of people also know I did leave the the company and the it got to the point where I was like, I want to be able to focus on myself and healing myself because I did join a company within terms of helping people deal with what I dealt with. And I felt like I would have been holding on to my trauma for so long and trauma dumping is okay to a certain extent. And that was my whole every single day helping with people. And then at the same time, you know, people assumed that I founded the app, which I co-founded eventually because I kind of made it to where it was at a certain point when I left in February. But in actuality, I came in as a consultant for marketing and the, um, the original founder, she was like, you know, she liked what I was doing and everything. And she eventually named me co-founder and I was still, you know, CEO also. So that was an amazing privilege. I did a lot of things with them, met a lot of people in network. But at the same time, since that wasn't my app, in my sphere, it wasn't my app. I'm like, I don't want to build someone else's company. No one wants to build anyone else's company. So that's also part of the reason why I left. And some people are just probably like, what? Why did you leave? And I have words that kind of go by for every few months. I have words there in my spirit. I talk about um, petition. I talk about grace. And within that time period, and even right now, I'm talking about pivoting. And a lot of people are scared to pivot. We don't realize you're going to pivot so much in your life. And in your career, pivoting is not bad. So you're pretty much thinking like, oh my gosh, you left this company. Where's she going now? What happens? What's going on? Nothing. Nothing's crazy happening. It was very much an agreed upon of me leaving. And I left in grace and in practice. But people need to understand pivoting is okay. I don't believe in plan B though. I believe that my plan A had redirected. And that's what you call pivoting. Because I've done every single thing in the world. And as a Capricorn, we put so many hats on our heads. We're able to master everything. And I feel like we pivot so much in our career that I feel like it should be acceptable for me just to, you know, up and leave and just, too loud, um, to up and leave and just pretty much be able to go out on my own because I don't have to be attached to certain things. And the way that a lot of people are looking at, you know, we're not our parents or grandparents. Why would I stay at a company for years and years and years and years and then retire? No, you're supposed to build certain things to a certain extent and eventually leave. The same way, you know, when people would job hop, it's okay. And I believe in building a company up and selling it. And that's what, you know, I've done for years. I would build companies and sell it. But in this instance, I was actually a part of the company. So I kind of did a twist on myself. I'm like, what did I get myself into? Love the company, love the founder, love the people who are working with it now. But I have no longer any more ties with them. 
there's no hard feelings, but it was in a sense where if I wanted to grow, I had to sever myself extremely away from them in order to grow where I want to. And in the meantime, that's how I ended up doing corporate. I was like, as I'm finding myself, as I'm doing the stuff for entrepreneurship, because I've been, I've been a successful entrepreneur for years, I want to be able to take the time off to let my brain breathe. And then I went to corporate, then I got laid off, and then we got the whole eviction thing going up, and here we are today. <laughs> okay, that makes so much sense, because I was going to ask you, I was like, how did you develop the app and all this stuff? But it's like, that makes a lot I can still give you those answers, too. Okay, okay. <laughs> like, but- the, like, heavy in brand development, and mm-hmm. well, when it comes to, like, an app, um, I also like to tell people this, before you create any company... It doesn't have to be anything you like or you want to do. It does not have to be. If you're one of the most successful companies out there, they're not even meant for the person who created it. They found a problem and they created a solution. Who created, who was it? Who created Victoria's Secret? A man created for his oh, wife. Yeah. yeah. Didn't a man create tampons also? Yeah. Either tampons or pads. It's people oh who God. see needs and they feel like, you know, I can create a solution. Is is this saying that Steve Jobs said? He said, "What's the difference between a matron and a conductor?" And I think he said, "Um, a matron, you know, plays instruments, while a conductor plays the orchestra." You also don't have to be the person to be able to develop the app, but if you know what looks good, sounds good, tastes good, whatever it is to be good, you can instruct and put those people in the place to do that. So, mind you, I'm not a developer, I'm not a coder, right? But I'm Why a do person I feel like you're preaching right now? Like, <laughs> not to throw my phone at you. <laughs> but it's like you can be that person to actually put the people together, put the teams together. There's so many platforms, and there's so many ways you can do certain things. And I'm gonna just tell y'all this: you know, if you come up with an idea for an app in this day and age, right? All you need right now, if you want to get an investor. You need to get people's attention. You need to show them that people actually want to buy into this. That that app was not, her ride wasn't even like, you know, functioning for riders just yet. Mind you, we could get riders and drivers, but it was so many different bugs. We had to keep going back and paying for it. And she was paying out her pocket thousands of dollars from developers. But at the same time, we have this whole list of people who are customers up to 20 and 30,000 people waiting for this stuff to drop. And you can take this whole list to an investor or to people and like, people want this. And if you give people like an idea where I say, I want to do this, 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 X, Y, and Z, what's going to happen? You know, you create this whole list. You you create this whole campaign. As long as you have your pitch deck ready, as long as you have the data ready. And if you were to create something like in terms of a simulation where it's like, you know, I created a mock-up of this app, right? Which mm-hmm. Fiverr exists. You can get that done in two seconds. You have yeah. apps like Fiverr. Um, I hope we all remember... <clears throat> Miss Dana Chanel. I hope everyone remember her. <laughs> yes. You know how she was developing hey, apps for people? Hey, girl. Hey, girl. Hey. How's the lawsuits? Um, you remember... <laughs> you remember how you she... You get me in trouble. <laughs> technically, nah. Yeah, I'm not saying anything crazy, but I'm just, like, giving a resource that was, like, already out there. So you know how she, de- how she was developing... Uh, how she was developing people's apps? Yeah, she wasn't developing people's apps. She was outsourcing it, and she was using right. um, Build Fire. Yes, yes. So, so she was just a middleman, basically. She was a middleman. So it's like you yeah. have platforms, and the yeah. thing is, if you were to use that rinky dinky platform, I'm, I know it sounds crazy. If you were to use like a itty bitty platform that's like extra sketch, and you get people just on it, 
trying to log on or whatever, right? And you kind of pay like $100 a month for that platform to be developed from them. As long as you show there is a need for it, people will pour in. And not people, but investors will pour in. Just showing that there's a need and want. So before you do anything, make sure you get your domain name, get all your legals together, your domain name, your Instagram names, all them handles. I don't care for the underscore, the ones, the plus, the dots, the asterisks. That's on the business name. Get all those together on uh, your social medias. Also, those are your domain real estates, everything. Get that together to get your legal stuff together. If you're set on this business name, if you're set for it, trademark, copyright everything in the world, even down to a logo, do that because you're going to have someone shysty who don't like you from the past. It's going to come around like, oh, they're doing X, Y, and Z. They're going to take your domain name. They're going to copyright this. Oh, people can, you people already do know. I literally just interviewed someone yesterday that said that. The day that they went and registered their LLC, the person went and, I guess because they were watching the thing or whatever, they went and grabbed the, the domain. She's like, the day before, the domain was available. The next day I go to get the domain, it's not there. And she's like, I should have got it the day before I registered the business, but I wanted to make sure I could get that name for my business. People, I mean, people are crazy. Online. You can do all this stuff online before, within two seconds. You can search mm -hmm. your, your Secretary of State website, type it in. If it's available, send your domain name. Do that. Domain names can either go for one, six, or eleven dollars a year. Yeah, it's you know, and it's also people are parking, and I feel like if so, if the person went back, at, so if the person went in and got the domain name, I think they're able to actually take them to court because I have an LLC and this person did this out of you know spite or whatever. They're able to do that. Yeah, um, the whole process. Yeah, because I told her that because she said app, they're trying to sell it to her now. Sue, Sue. We don't fight. We sue. We sue. <laughs> but exactly. the overall formation, I would tell people when it comes to starting an app, you know, just look into getting your user experience done first. It doesn't have to be the full app. It's just the your every single step of the app, how the app looks like in terms of what everything a customer clicks you can get that done on fiverr and it's pretty much it's just a bunch of screenshots of your apple device your android device and it shows every single function mind you you don't have the app created you can have a graphic designer create all those functions for you and design for you and it's just showing the whole process yeah. so even if you're like i want this create a kickstarter do certain things and eventually you know you can present this stuff to people um I want to say as a community. And you can use yeah. Figma. Figma is a Figma. website you can use to do the mm -hmm. design. I, yeah. I want to say as a community, name. before we hop from this topic, you know, mm -hmm. uh, black people, we have to fight 10 times as harder to get money. While I want people to kind of like throw that, you know, out the window because we feel like we, we have to have a tangible product. You have white people who come in there with an idea and they get the money. They don't even have it on paper. What's her name? The girl who wants like Steve Jobs and she had a black turtle on it, she didn't even technically have mm. her idea done and they gave her millions and billions of dollars for research. And now it's like, oopsies, I'm in jail now. Yes. I don't know. I think she's out of jail. That's why like, that's why we need to learn how to have these conversations and to how and mm -hmm. how to pitch ourselves, have finesse, because it's really just about the way you're communicating things. It's that's all it boils down to. You don't even have to have everything laid out, mapped out. Sometimes, yes, like you said, it's good to bring the wait list and say, all these people are interested in this idea or have everything, you know, drawn out and all the examples. But like sometimes it's just the idea. If it's good enough, people will give you money. And also, too, I want to see a 
study or a stat breakdown because uh, I know they say that we don't get funded as much, but I want to know how many of us are actually asking for money because a lot of us aren't even asking. So another big thing is that I've learned we don't get funded enough because we don't ask. Like you said, they mm-hmm. need minorities. They need black women and they need yes. women and they need black men. Though this is the different groups of minorities, right? But we are important. So in order for, you know, certain companies to do well, to get some type of grant money, they need us. In order for certain programs to, you know, get more grant money for, you know, help more businesses, they have to give to a certain amount of minorities, to a certain amount of women. Right. You have right. to look into that. The information is there. And then another thing is, I hate saying this, don't keep feeding into what everyone's posting on Instagram. Like, oh, you need to apply for this grant. You need to apply for that grant. You need to do this. No, go research your own grant within your niche. Because if you're applying to such a broad grant, that's such a long process because you have to over explain who you are, your business, whatever. Apply in terms of that direct niche for that grant process. And at the same time, they prioritize minorities. So the same way you go into certain colleges or PWIs, they prioritize minorities getting in. Mm. You know what? And I didn't even think about that, but you're right. Duh. Of course, all these companies would have that initiative. And it, of course, duh. Yeah, because they because just like when it's like hiring quotas or whatever, it's the same thing with the grants and the funding and all of that. They have to give a certain percentage to us to make it look fair on paper. So, yeah, we're probably just not asking enough at the same time. But also a lot of us don't understand how to ask. We don't understand how to make a deck. We don't understand how to explain our ideas. And so that's what y'all need to be up at night Googling. And that's what y'all need to be researching is how to get better at pitching. But also, too, at the end of the day, the only way to get better at it is to start and practice. Like you can't get better unless you practice and do it. Yeah, go in person, practice, because my whole go-to is I have my first elevator pitch. You know, I really don't really do it, but I have a tendency, which is like, you know, when I meet people, networking with them, I get to know them a little bit. I allow them to talk and I listen. And then I find a common interest with them. And I sell myself with that and I find a pain point with them. And then we kind of just piece together. And they're like, what you do? I'm like, oh, I do X, Y, and Z. And then you get a little quick little 15 second elevator pitch. So imagine if you're going in the elevator with someone, it's going to take them to like the third floor. How are you going to sell yourself? You got to talk about like, hey, I'm so-so. I did this. I'm doing this and I'm going to do this. That's how you do your elevator pitch. And we're not being talked about a lot of things. And people are assuming that there's no resources. If you're in Atlanta, um, I think Stonecrest Mall has the new Black Wall Street. They have government contracting classes. They have all these entrepreneurs type of classes. And all these things are free. And also hopping on Eventbrite, free, free, free. Um, Facebook groups, free, free, free. You have also, what is it, Toastmaster classes. I don't know if they're free or not. I don't think they are. But you have those type of things teaching you how to speak and whatever. Because when people hear me talk, They don't think I'm from Atlanta. Like, no, I have a very neutral voice because I had to learn how to have a neutral voice. I don't have a slang voice. I don't, you know, have the heavy country accent like people assume. But if you piss me off, you'll probably hear it. But other than that, I have a neutral tone because, you know, when I was in marketing, we had to learn how to speak neutral. Yes. Learn how to speak where anyone can understand what I'm saying across any region. No, it's so important. And it gets you... It gets you so much further. And I just saw mm-hmm. um, Emily De La Cruz. She was saying that on a recent post. She, 
Yeah, she was talking about how, you know, her accent, it was thick and she had to do speech, you know, like take speech classes and stuff because it, it takes away from what you're saying when people are distracted by how you sound. So, yeah, all of so that, like all those little exactly all those nuances play a role in how you're being mm-hmm. perceived, how people receive you. Um, and so, you know, it, it sucks to some people. They think like, why do I have to be different? But it's like, it's not even about that. It's like, how can I connect and communicate effectively with as many people as possible and transcend to be relatable in those moments? Because you have a goal in mind. You have a goal. And that's that. That's the bar. That's the bar. Exactly. It's at any means. <laughs> okay, so um, which one do you prefer now? Entrepreneurship or being in a nine to five? Can I say neither? Because I want to be in Bali right now. <laughs> to be honest, I don't want to work. I don't want to work. No one wants to work. Yeah. And I feel like what I enjoy, it's it got to the point where, you know, I went from buying all of these luxury things, doing this luxury stuff, traveling, and then realizing I just want to be able to live off, you know, be able to swipe my card and not care. I want to be right. able just to be at ease. So that's why I have a passion nine to five. No one knows what that is. But like I said earlier, it's something that I enjoy doing, even though it's not really a nine to five. It's the consulting thing, which kind of functions as a nine to five with me where I'm going to these companies every single day, helping them with their stuff. But, you know, entrepreneurship is nice, but it's nice if you have the two things from a four hour work week, if you have outsourcing and automation. And that's why I have with a lot of myself. So that's why I don't speak about my, my five to nines anymore because it's, you know, automated. So that's where I'm kind of passionate about when it comes to entrepreneurship because I've reached a point where I've been able to afford automation. But since we're coming up with AI, automation is more affordable and more cheaper. Where I feel like everyone's able to go into entrepreneurship now a little bit more earlier because before, you know, you want to click funnels, paying like this couple hundred to thousand dollars a month, whatever, right? You ain't got to do all that. You ain't got to do all that stuff no more. And in order to run a business, you want everything to be seamless also. So I love my business, but I think I've gotten to a point where I enjoy both, but I don't want to do either of them. If I had the option, if someone says, you can be a housewife, I'll be, I'll be out of here. Listen, I am this close, this close to marrying rich. Okay. Because <laughs> this is so it's good. a Capricorn <laughs> and it sounds very messed up. And this is just no offense to any culture. I feel like yeah. we are very open to, um, arranged marriages. Oh, yeah. Place me like, here with someone. If you bring some value, if you can like, as long as I keep my little fun, I will tolerate you. You learn to love. Sprinkle, sprinkle. <laughs> Listen, I am this close. Okay, I'm. I'm about to put out an application pretty soon. <laughs> Whoever wants to apply. for Raya to approve me. I've been waiting for a minute now. For Girl, Raya to I'm me. so mad about that. I've been trying to get on there forever. And I actually know people, like, it shows me, of okay, course, like, it shows you the list. Cool. Right. No, and that's the thing. I want to say that to everybody that is on Raya, Raya, whatever, and you ain't accepting my request because I can see that you're on there and I know that you see that I'm trying to mm-hmm. get on there. And so you being rude by ignoring it, you could just pass me through. You could just say, yes, I know her and recommend me but you trying to be funny it's not you can remove your application to resubmit it in it just sits there 
no it just sits there and i'm just like can we can we review it again like can we try like, like you know do like a six month review like update like i'm this close to finding some celebrities and hitting them up saying hey i don't want your number i don't really want it but can you just refer me to raya i feel like you get more leverage right no seriously because the pool like, out here get me in there because yeah, y'all are being I'm raggedy saying. and trifling the people that i do know that are on raya like i just find it rude so i just want to let the, them know that like i see you i see you on 100%. there and i see you ignoring me 100 percent. um i think i also forgot to mention which is so funny because have you ever just worked on so many things and you're like oh yeah i also do this too i'm also apparently a ceo no i'm also co-founder of a production company that's in texas and in atlanta and they focus on oh production with commercials music videos and movies and they also manage a lot of like artists and also it's called fourth house so i've been working with them for um almost a year now i was consulting them at first and they were like we need to bring you on so i forgot about that i'm like oh i do a million and one things i forgot about them (laughs) well that's dope okay so fourth house all of this is going to be in the description box for anyone that's listening um so y'all can all check it out Okay, so you do a lot of things, clearly. But I love this for you. Yeah, I love it. But it's like, you just won't see it online. You're just like... Because right. I'll have my moments where I'll put everything in my bio and I remove it. I'll put everything in my bio and I I've noticed it. that. I'll I've have links that. and they'll be gone. I was like, wait, didn't she just have such and such over here? And then I'd be like, okay, maybe maybe she don't do that no more. I don't know. I hate being perceived. But then again, I hate being perceived. And then I hate, you know, it's like some of the platforms I have, I forgot about a domain for them yet. So I'm like, let me not put them in here because someone might be hating to buy it. And then also, I got sign to people to dig up my old sweets later down the line. But like, you did X, Y, and Z. And I'm just like, I was like in sixth grade. So I'm just over here. Like, I'm 25 now. I'm like, I don't got time for y'all trying to dig up stuff. So I'm like, let me just not tag what I'm doing. Because no one needs to know. Because I feel like on a business page, no one needs to know it's you. I don't probably claim it on my page. But since I haven't hired a team, which if anyone y'all know, to clear out tweets dating back 2016 and back, let me know. Clear my tweets out. <laughs> no, seriously. Same. Just delete my whole Twitter want... at this point. Um, okay, wait. You're, you're Gen Z, right? I'm first year Gen Z, so I don't count. I don't count you that. You count. I'm it's okay. Year. <laughs> i'm on the cusp i'm like i'm i'm a very young young millennial um but i feel like that was very gen z of you to be like i don't want to be perceived because <laughs> but i would be doing the same thing like that is why you will see me like for a whole week not post on um instagram like no stories and then i'll pop back up because mm-hmm. it'll be like i just don't want to be perceived i don't like none of that like i just don't have the I energy don't do the effort. Like, i don't like I'll have anxiety posting a picture and I'll have my moments where it's like I'll mass post and then I'm like, okay, cool. Then like months go by when I don't post again. I'm like, I'll post this and I'll delete it. I'm like, oh, you know, I don't like this. And I'll post right. our archive. I'm like, you know what? I look a little too slutty on here. Let me just <laughs> remove this. <laughs> Let me just remove that. I'm like, I don't like that. And then I'm just like, I tell people all the time, my hair's not red no more. I'm not the same. Cause you know, you dye your hair red when you're spiraling apparently. And I'm like, my, my hair not red no more. <laughs> don't think that's me that's not me no seriously every time i change my identity i gotta change my hair like just have to it has Pivoting. to happen 
No, literally pivoting. That's it. That's literally it. <laughs> no, it was like whenever okay. this one person I was talking to pissed me off, I had a habit of changing mm-hmm. my hair. And my friend was like, you need to cut them off because you went from blonde to black to red, back to black. I was like, I'm going to cut them off. <laughs> right. That's a lot of changes. That's a lot of adjustments. <laughs> character development. We call it character development. Something like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so this is a question I ask everyone on the show. What does it mean to you to be a wealthy woman? Being a wealthy woman, what I've noticed in all my years in entrepreneurship and corporate is peace. It's just honestly peace of mind. Um, A lot of people try to buy into wealth because they feel like it's the money part of it. But in actuality, it's the time that it buys you. So with whatever you do, it should be able to grant you more time. And that's why some people want to become wealthy. They want to make money because they want to have more time. So within that time period of you developing the structure of being wealthy, you're probably not going to sleep or barely eat, but it also grants you that time. So that's why early on right now, you know, I have a lot of time in the world, but it's like I've been able to create that time for me because I put in those, you know, you know, what is it? No sleep, bus, another club, another club. Sorry, it's the same. But <laughs> I've been able to put in, you know, sl- you know, waking up early, gym, you know, hopping over to my computer. I treated my entrepreneurship like it was a nine to five. I structured everything. But, you know, now it's to the point where I have that time, that peace where I'm looking around I'm like, this is a lot of time I have. And as a Capricorn, I'm like, I don't like empty spaces. I don't like time. So that's why, you know, a lot of people always end up going into consulting because like it fills our calendar up. Like I don't have to do a lot of things if I don't want to. You know, I still have my business money. I can literally just live off of that if I want to. A lot of things are automated, but I'm doing a lot of things because I enjoy to do it. And there's this one person I work with at this one site. He's been retired for years and he's like, I just come in because it's fun. But it's like, it's peace for him because he enjoys it. So wealthy is peace to me. Because you do not see a stressed, wealthy person to get their sleep half the time. That is my everyday prayer, is that I can protect my peace. Seriously. (laughs) Oh, yeah. And peace is just more than just sleep. It's, you know, what are you accepting? Because I'm like, when I see people brawling on the internet, I'm like, we grown. That's You're not going to interrupt my peace. You're not going to ruin that. Because that's just one thing God gave me that I'm going to treasure. And some people don't like it that I'm not confrontational, that I don't respond back, that I'm quick to hang up, quick to block. I don't care because yeah. you're not going to cost me my peace at all. Oh, yeah. I don't yell. I don't curse at people because that interrupts my peace. So there's a lot of factors within your peace. And it's not just with gaining that time and that money, but it's also, you know, you allowing certain things into your life. So if I feel like I'm being right. negative to people, I'm not being a wealthy woman. So I will remove myself off online because I feel like if I have something negative to say, I'm not going to say it at all. So I don't post. And people are like, why aren't you posting? Because I want to talk about some negative crap and I'm going to do that. And that's going to interrupt my peace. And it's going to ruin other people's peace. So I'm trying to respect other people's wealthy time and their peace too as well. Even if they don't respect mine, that's fine. No, I always, that's always a measure for me. Like when I'm posting, if I'm doing it in order, you know, it's not, I guess on your story, it's not subtweeting, but like sub posting where I'm trying to like communicate a message without saying it directly, then I'm like, okay, 
Mm-mm. Let's get our energy right because we're not going to post that. <laughs> There's no reason. They can smell that. People don't realize. Oh, yeah. They can smell when you're being petty. People can mm-hmm. smell when you're broke, which is crazy because if you are having, <laughs> you know. Not smell when you're I broke. Told- no, like I've been telling people, you got to put some form of confidence on when you're making your post. Because if you're trying to make a post, like buy my ebook right now, link in bio right now, people are like, oh, she needs that money. Mm-hmm. No, you got to put it in, like, you know, like it never stops. Like the whole fake it till you make it thing that we talk about. People should not even be knowing you're going through it. But also at the same time, I do that. And then I dabble with the transparency part. So, you know, I'm best of both worlds. It's fine. I'm completely fine with it. No, you're right. I, It is a totally different energy, and you're right. I just saw a company, and actually, I'm going to work with them soon because I really love their work, but I just saw mm-hmm. them post something, and they sent out an email, too. And the way it came across, I was just like, I can tell they're not getting clients right now. Like, it's just totally different than anything else that they've ever posted to get clients. And I was like, the energy mm-hmm. about this, something ain't right. Uh, so you're right. People can sense when you're a little desperate for a coin, you know, and, and hey, we've all been there. We've all been there. I'm not judging. Like I made this to a point where people can't find links to book me. So they hit me up like, hey, do you still have a booking link? <laughs> it makes them want to book me more because they can't find it. I'm no, like, yeah, let me send it. Like, let me have my assistant send it over to you. You know, sometimes certain yeah. things should be accessible. And then also when I do get my, you know, when I have certain clients, I have intake forms because, like, I have to choose if I want to work with you or not because I don't have to work with you. To work with me is a privilege. And also, uh, we're working together. I'm not working for you. Oh, say that again. Just sprinkle. Sprinkle, sprinkle. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes, ma'am. Well, this has been amazing. I've enjoyed this conversation thoroughly. Uh, so how can people find you if they want to find you, work with you, all that? Like how they, how they get the, the calendar, the booking link, all that? <laughs> I ain't trying to like throw it out there. But all my social medias are the same on Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. Do not judge me on TikTok. That's where I don't care. It's sort of how it look like. But um, my usernames are Kirsten. Uh, it's not how it's spelled, how it's actually spelled. It's spelled K E. Y-E-A-R-S-T-U-N. I spelled it how my name is actually pronounced. Um, and I'm also on YouTube as well. Way on there, but we're trying to get on there. But yeah, this was amazing. Well, thank you so much for being on the show. And I hope you enjoyed your time on the show. <laughs> thank you so much.